It's the Theonauts, episode 117. The one where we say, yes, Mary knew, stop asking her. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hello, all you Theo Lords leaping out there. I'm David Gaddy. I'm Seven Swans Swimming. I mean, Jeremiah Orr. And together we are... The the Theo Knights! You know, that's kind of hard to time. I keep like either jumping the gun with my finger when I hit the button or I don't know. We've we hit should it. just let them let, let let them do it. Let them do it from now on. The, the Theonites. I mean, it sounds pretty good. It does. Like that. Yeah, it sounds professional. Yeah. It sounds like a professional did that instead yeah. of us. <laughs> so how are you feeling, David? Are you in a festive mood? Are, are you ready to go uh, all wassling? Yes. To... Uh, to threaten people uh, <laughs> that we won't go until we get some figgy pudding. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Man. So we haven't actually done a whole lot since we recorded the last episode. So no. there's not a lot of room for banter. No bantering. This. Wow. I mean, it was three days, right? So, yeah. So how was your past three days? Okay. I, you know what? It, I, I have an interesting story. Oh, lay it on me. Uh, Blakely slept in her crib for the first time last night. Woohoo! Yes. Wow, that's awesome. I thought you were going to play something. But you have no stingers like that, All right, do you? Dan. <laughs> that one works. All right. I like the way you talk. <laughs> you know, I had to get... Uh, yeah. we, we've done that too much on the show. Not to, not to do that. You know, don't mean I don't care for you. <laughs> <laughs> that one's really good. Okay, anyways. So, uh, yeah, Blakely slept in her own bed for the first time. Now, she's been sleeping, <clears throat> fair to say, in her own bed at the at the end of our bed, her bassinet. But this is the first night that she actually slept in her crib. Now, the night before, we tried it, and she woke up every two hours. And finally, at about 3 o'clock, I'm like, ah, I have to work. So I went and I grabbed her, and I put her in her bassinet, and she went right to sleep. But then last night she was so tired from that uh-huh. that we put her right down and she slept all through the night. Wow, that's yeah. awesome! So yeah, that's always a big step. Six months old and she's sleeping in her own cradle in her. Cool. Uh, in, well, in her I know I was over at your house on Sunday evening, mm-hmm. and um, as I was getting ready to leave, Christina had her laying in the crib like. Right. Trying to, to get her to, to sleep. And she was just laying there kicking and screaming, making sure. a big fuss, you know. So I went in there and tickled her and, and <laughs> she chilled out for a little bit in the minute, you know, sure. went back to normal. She went, yep. So that's was, hilarious. But yeah, she's, she's doing good. And uh, so hopefully we'll, we'll see what happens tonight. Now it may be a repeat of the first night, but who knows? Okay. Okay. So that's uh, one thing. We had our, a little guys party over at your house. With some Halo Sunday going night. on. Yeah, and it's like okay, that was my first foray into the first person shooter thing since man, I don't even know when. Like it's been Atari. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I I used to game on the computer. 
right. quite a bit. In fact, when first person shooters first came out, I was all about them. Oh, like yeah. Wolfenstein, Doom. Oh, Quake. I remember Doom, man. You know, I, I moved along with all of those. Sure. I, in fact, all the way up until about Call of Duty. Oh yeah. And but I never did that. I, I was never a console first person gamer. Like right. I like I, it always frustrated me to no end to use that controller to walk and strafe and turn. Sure. Whereas I'm so used to the mouse being able to spin around and See, all and I wouldn't be able to do that. And it was like, oh man, so yeah. So anyway, it'd been a long time since I'd done that. How'd so, you do? Well, y'all totally massacre massacred me. <laughs> It was, it was kind of like, fun. I'd find David just pop in the head. I'm looking up in the sky, like I'm shooting into nothing because I've That's got so great. I'm, I've got my ups and downs reversed on the controller. Right, like okay, whatever. So you just got to learn those joysticks, man. Yeah, but you know, back in the day, I was pretty good on the uh, like Unreal Tournament and all that. Right. Yeah. Wow. But, Kind of shake that's, off the rust and get back into it. What oh, you no, that's, that part of my life's pretty much done. It's over. Yeah. You don't want to relive it. I just don't have that desire. It made me want to go back and start playing Halo again. Really? Oh, yeah. That night I'm like, oh, I can't get into this because I won't do anything else. <laughs> so I need to stop right now while I'm ahead. But, Halo Reach. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, you ready to jump into this Christmas stuff? Hey, let's do it. Hang, oops, hang on. Christmas song ever. <laughs> so yeah, if you're a child of the '80s, you should remember. Uh, do they know it's Christmas by Band Aid? And the answer is, I guess they don't, right? <laughs> wow. What's really funny is I've heard actual Africans talk about this song. Oh yeah, and it just it rakes. It, it just tears them up because I don't know if you could hear everything that was being said. Oh, Serious. But first off, they're like, you know, the only bells at Christmas time will be. Clanging sounds of doom. It says that. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bono's like, Tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. <laughs> like, what? How is this? What are they trying to say? Yeah, it's what, uh, oh, and what's then, going on there? There'll be no snow at Christmas time right. this year. In Africa, there'll be no snow at Christmas well, time this duh, year. Well, duh, it's a... <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, where nothing ever grows... And no rain or rivers flow. <laughs> so, do they know it's Christmas time at all? And so I uh, heard the Africans are like, of course we know it's Christmas time. <laughs> and what do you mean it never rains and the rivers never flow? <laughs> it's like, this isn't the moon. 
<laughs> so, but anyway, I, the point of the whole Band-Aid thing was, I know, to help with the... Impoverished. With, yeah, to bring awareness and, right. and all that. But it gets me whenever celebrities do this oh, because so it's so misplaced. Yeah. I mean, it's like there's so many ways to help Africa other right. than bring your first world craziness into it. And, you know, this isn't a knock on Bono, but it's a knock on that whole idea. And Bono's done some great things. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, for Well, this was young Bono. But, oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. And he wasn't the only one. I mean, this was oh, a huge... Man. That was um, the uh, guys from Duran Duran, uh, George Michaels, uh, <laughs> Boy George... Phil Collins was on the drums. <laughs> Sting, Sting was a big part of it. Really? Yeah, yeah. I hope he didn't write that because I've I've honored Sting as a great <laughs> songwriter, and that would be just devastating. Well, I, I was reading a little bit about it. And it said that it was recorded and released like three days later. Like they didn't really process it much at all. And uh, one of the the articles I was reading said, yeah, they had to get it out there before the singers actually realized what it was they actually put down <laughs> on that track. <laughs> so anyway, so yes, the, the topic is bad Christmas songs. Well, not yeah. just bad Christmas songs, but good Christmas songs, too. Good Christmas songs and bad Christmas no. songs. Our favorites and worst. So we did another uh, top ten list, if you will, although I don't even think I have top ten. No, no, I just, just did. Just top and worst. Yeah, so. I just did. Uh, I tried to do three one uh, Christmas carols I liked and three that I didn't, but that kind of got expanded to about five. Okay. And some that kind of fall in the middle. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we're awful brave to, to do a show like this, you know. Oh, we're going to get some backlash. I yeah, know. because you know, the last time we tried this thing, <laughs> it went over like a lead balloon. It man. did. So the whole uh, bad hymns, good hymns, but this isn't quite as sacred to people. Yeah, and... And another disclaimer, this is, okay, we are not, we're not definitively saying these are terrible. We might jump all over your favorite Christmas hymn. That's not our goal. It's just not our cup of tea, so <laughs> deal well, with it. Maybe you could jump all over our favorites, yeah. and that's fine. The point is fun, having some fun and discussing some interesting tidbits about terrible Christmas music, <laughs> as well as good Christmas music. Well, I will say this right off. When I was doing picking these and I was looking up all the lyrics to these Christmas carols, it seems like the majority of them focus on the nativity, like almost all exclusively of them do, yeah. focus on shepherds and wise men and uh, angels and sheep and whatnot. And it's like, um, because the nativity as we have seen it displayed traditionally is in and of itself biblically incorrect right <laughs> these songs are largely biblically incorrect. oh yeah and so we could tear almost every christmas song apart you know because the whole thing about the wise men being at jesus's birth is the 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 one big uh goof off to, to almost every one of these christmas songs right so, you know, we won't beat up on that too bad. It Wise looked- man, I mean, he wasn't born in a manger. He was born in a cave, which is pretty, I guess, people don't understand what... <laughs> well, it would have been a manger, but not as we see it, right? But, yeah. Like, and it's it, not a barn. It was, no, it was an under a house. It was, it was a, uh, it was basically a, but it wasn't even like a, 
it wasn't what we imagined because it was basically just another part of of a house. It was what people stayed in all the time mm-hmm. whenever there was whenever there was no room. Yeah, and and the inn is not a hotel as we often think of right. it or whatever. Uh, people open their homes to outside visitors all the time. You were and, required to by Jewish customs, and, and that's what it meant by in was people who had rooms for rent. Exactly, and <laughs> so, but you know, we have these images in our head, and they ended up, you know, now they're little figurines on our uh, dresser at Christmas time, <laughs> right? And they're they're almost all completely inaccurate. Uh, and so we'll talk some about that, but I'm not going to go crazy no. because you can beat almost, uh, up almost all these songs. It's more about just about them. personal preference than anything. And so, and mine are actually, the so, ones I don't like are modern. They're not even hymns, really. See, and I didn't even really go much with the modern things, except for that song I just played. Yeah. <laughs> if you can call that modern. Um, <laughs> modern to you, man. Modern to me. But I, I was a teenager when that came out. That's great. But, um... Okay, so what do you we want to start with the ones we don't like, or you want to start with the ones we like? Start with the ones we like. Okay, let's do that. All right, all right. So you want to go first? I'll, I'll, I'll go. I will go back and forth. Go ahead. Okay, my my favorite Christmas hymn is or Christmas carol is "Oh Holy Night." Okay. <clears throat> so a lot of my a lot of mine on the list aren't just because of the words, mainly because most of the words are pretty similar in all these songs, but. Um, I love the tune. I love the the escapism of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when you hear this song, it takes you into this otherworldly type of place. And that's what I I really like about it. Uh, so Old Holy Night is a um it is French. Um and it was composed back in 1847. Uh and it was a poem that was then put to music. <clears throat> and uh, so there is, let's see. Oh, there's literal translation. Let me pull up the one that we're used to. So the, those lyrics are like, Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. This is one thing I do like about uh, some of these these Christmas lyrics is whenever... They not they don't just sing about Jesus' birth, but the purpose of his birth and the and the purpose of his birth was to uh reconcile us to God to get right. in and then to to uh be the sacrifice on the cross. And so sure. I, I do like it whenever they when those words get brought in. <clears throat> so it says, uh, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary soul rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, also like that, because it's very, I love this whole demand that you worship God type of, of thing. In fact, that's there's some metal music I love because of this, where it's like, fall on your knees, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, hear the angels' voices, and oh, not divine, not when, when Christ was born. Anyway, it's just a, it's a beautiful song. And it's got good lyrics. Yeah, and the music to that is just <clears throat> absolutely sweeping. Oh, and it hits that high note, you know, yeah. near the end. In fact, we were going to do the song at um, uh, the the candlelight service at, at the way, and uh, Dan was going to play the the trumpet on it. Da, da, <coughs> and that high note is killing him because it, it's at the yeah. end, and 
you know, you have to work your way up to oh, it. Yeah. And it's like, he's out of breath by the time he got there. So, Well, when you're playing trumpet especially, because you've gone through that whole thing yes. with your lips buzzing <laughs> like that, and then you have to hit that high note. Whoa. Yeah, so, so I don't tough. know if we're going to be able to pull it off or not. <laughs> he was kind of telling me on Sunday, he was like, I don't know. I may do another song instead. But anyway, this song is just, it builds. And it has that big, huge right. ending. It's just magnificent. I love it. Yeah. It's a beautiful song. Okay, so my favorite, and actually I have a trifecta by the same um, hymn writer. I, I guess he would be a hymn writer. He's really not a hymn writer because he doesn't write the lyrics, and he even doesn't write the music. A lot of the times he just puts lyrics to music, and he would create those, but he actually created three of our most famous hymns that way. One of them um, is actually my favorite hymn. It's called O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Oh, okay. Um, and I so, can check that one off my list then, because that oh, was one of my favorites too. Oh, is that on your... Yeah, okay. that's cool. So uh, a little bit about um, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Some people would even trace it back to around 800 AD. It's what? one of the earliest. Um, and the reason they do that is they trace um, what it's based off of. Back to 800 AD. It's based off of these things called the O antiphons, antiphons, which were um, basically readings that uh, that the Catholic Church did at Vespers, um, which is like the first five nights before, um, um, ad or the first the last five nights of Advent. Okay, they did these. Traditional readings, it's all these little bitty mass. That's right. <laughs> it's just like twelfth day of Christmas, is Epiphany, and right. like all this stuff. So, <clears throat> so basically, what O antiphons are? They also called the Great O's. Um, were different names of of God. So on December are different different names of Jesus. So on December seventeenth, you had O Septinia, which means O Wisdom. O mm-hmm. Adonai was on December eighteenth, O Lord. O Radix Jesse, which is O Root of Jesse. Um, o Clavis David, the key of David. O Oriens, which was O Dayspring. O Rex Gentium, which was O King of Nations. And O Emmanuel, which was on December 23rd, which was O God with us. And so they would repeat those and then remind themselves of what each name meant. Um, because the names of Jesus are important, right? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, so yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And um, anyways, uh, the actual words of the texts, you can really trace it to around, uh, um, most people say 15th century France. Um, and then later, well, it was, yeah, 15th century Fran- France is the origins. Um, and it was in Latin. Written in Latin, yeah. uh, translated German, <coughs> German, and then there was a pastor by the name of John Mason uh, Neal, and you're going to find a lot of his stuff. But John Mason Neal uh, found this, translated English, and put it to the music. Oh, uh, oh, um, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and did the different verses. Um, and again, the. Uh, the meaning of him, O come, O come, Emmanuel, um, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. And then you have uh, the refrain, always rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall uh, come to thee, O Israel, right? O draw, <laughs> o, J- o Jesse's draw, a rod draw nigh, right? Um, o come, O thou day spring, come in here. 
So you have all these different names of Jesus in this song. That's probably the, the main reason why I love it, besides the fact that it's a beautiful hymn. I just mm-hmm. think it's very pretty. Cool. Um, anyways, and then I like the guy who wrote it, or who who gave us our modern day text of it. John Mason Neal was an awesome uh, man of God. He was actually uh, um, a pastor in um, in the Anglican Church, um, and. He uh, <laughs> he. It was around 1645 to 1694. It was around uh, when he. Well, no, I'm sorry. He was 1818 to 1866. He was an Anglican priest <coughs> in, in the Anglican Church, and during his time, people were very cautious about the Roman Catholics. Like in his church, they they would freak out if anything even looked Roman Catholic. Right, but. Uh, John Mason Neal loved the high church stuff, and he liked a lot of the older stuff, and so uh, a lot of people were very judgmental of him, and he never rose uh, in the ranks because of that. Uh, they kind of pushed him down. But he was a great man because he, uh, I mean, he started the Society of St. Margaret, which was this order of women who, and again, starting a Society of St. Margaret, that whole, um, <laughs> and an order of women. So it's kind of like almost yeah. a nunnery, right? But it was a society of women who basically their whole job was to take care of the poor. And that's what he did with his life was take care of the poor and destitute the least of these. That was his focus. And in the middle of his focus, he was very learned. He was very, uh, um, he knew Latin and Greek and all the other, but uh, his focus was to take care of, of the least of these. And so that's one of the reasons why I love him. And, um, he's also known for a lot more of our hymns, which I'll get to in just a second. All right, cool. so that's my first one. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Okay, so my next one that I have on the list here um, of ones that I like is What Child Is This? What Child Is This? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, What Child Is This is um, an interesting song because it's uh, it's relatively modern. It's based on an old an old folklore song, um, which is Greensleeves. Uh, I mean, a oh, yeah, English yeah. English uh, folk song called na, Greensleeves. Na, 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 yeah, and so everyone na, knows, na, na. you know, if you play, if you ever learn piano, it's one of the things you just, you know, by definition have to learn. Your right, piano teacher is yeah. going to force you to play Greensleeves. Um, so it, for one, it's a familiar tune then. But uh, then these lyrics got added to it for What Child Is This? And so first off, again, I really like the minor um, mystic sound of the, of the song itself. Uh, but the same thing, but the, the lyrics then add to it. Uh, the lyrics say, What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping, whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch are keeping? To bring him incense, golden myrrh, come peasant king to own him. The king of kings salvation brings, let loving hearts enthrone him. This, this is Christ the king, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him laud, the babe, the son of Mary. Oh, raise, raise a song on high. His mother sings her lullaby. Joy, oh joy, for Christ is born, the babe, the son of Mary. This, this is Christ the king, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. So anyway, it's... it's um, it's it's got uh, I mean the typical Christmas <laughs> lyrics with all the the stuff going on. I do like the uh, the whole thing about him being a peasant and and uh, to be raised as a king, uh, a king of kings. 
and also like the um, the uh, the thing about the it's kind of got this dichotomy that was really there of mm-hmm. this whole idea of the lowly things being raised to glory and the glorious things being kind of ignored and uh, like I mean the fact that Jesus was born in an animal pen. Yeah. You know, really, I mean, whether or not it's in a cave or whatever, but just the, the think of how nasty and filthy, and especially in that day, right. how, how it would have been. And, uh, and it's like, here's the son of God, man. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, here where uh, it, it was like he was, even in his birth, it was an example of service, humility, and humility, and meekness, and and all this sort of thing. And so I like that this song kind of echoes that this this whole uh, shepherd's guard him. Well, yeah, normally a king is guarded by you know a host of soldiers, right? Right. And here in the song, he's talking about using shepherds watching guard over him. You know, lowly people working in the field. Anyway, I just think that that was that was kind of cool. I mainly just like the the tune of the song, <laughs> which is going to be kind of a lot of these for me. Wow. Um, okay, so my next one uh, is in Dulce Jubilo, dude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> which you may know as "Good Christian Men Rejoice." Okay. All right. It was another it's one. It's not like. It's not like a Gregorian chant. Or no, okay, it was like, translated by uh Yeah. my favorite Christmas hymn. Yeah. No, is uh, Domana, <laughs> Dom- <laughs> it basically means men rejoicing, basically. Uh okay. So it's, it's the an, requiem. It was another one translated by John Mason Neal. So another famous Christian uh Christmas hymn. That, that he translated into. But this one, the music and the, the words were passed on way down through the ages. Like 1300 is where we first find this one, circa 1328, okay? So it's old school yeah. written. And uh, and people, and what I love about this one is it's like medieval German and Latin, right? Mm-hmm. And then it was passed on and people would add verses, like Martin Luther added a verse in around 1545, and like different people added verses and took away things and changed tunes and but it, it came that to that happens be, to a lot of these songs. Oh yeah, it does. But it came to be good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Give ye heed to what we say, news, news, Jesus Christ is born today. Oxen ass before him bow, which cracks me up a little bit. And he is in the danger <laughs> now, Christ not because I'm juvenile at the gas. Yeah, it's like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're, doing beavis, you're doing a beavis and butthead <laughs> no, I just uh, For me, just the mental picture of Jesus in a manger and then an ox and a donkey bowing down okay. cracks me up a little bit. Uh, makes, oh, okay. Makes I, I'm, I'm with Anyways, you now. He is in the manger now. Christ is born today. Christ is born today. So we know that. Um, what, <laughs> if, what are the things, another thing I like about this, I just like it because of the history. One of my favorite things is the guy who's, according to folklore, this is German folklore, the guy who wrote it, got a vision of uh, angels who came to him and told him to start dancing. Um, it's a guy by the name of Heinrich Seuss. It was around 1328, and this is what it was written in his biography. Now the same angel came up to the servant, 
that's Suso, mm-hmm. brightly and said that God had sent him down to him to bring him heavenly joys amid his sufferings, adding that he must cast off all his soul- sorrows from his mind and bear them company, and he must also dance with them in heavenly fla- fashion. Then they drew the servant by the hand into the dance, and the youth began a joyous song about the infant Jesus. <laughs> nice. Great. Like, I just love that story. It cracks me up. It's like, that guy was on some kind of peyote, man. <laughs> We're having a party. I know what I'm singing about. <laughs> Ox is an ass bowing before Jesus. <laughs> anyways. So, uh, yeah, but Neil uh, translated that one, too, and I liked it. So, anyways, there you go with that. Okay, I'm jumping over to Joy to the World. Now, joy to the world. Joy to the world is, I just think, an awesome song. Period. Yeah, it's it's a classic hymn. It's not even it's not even really a Christmas carol. It is a hymn written by Isaac Watts. Mm-hmm. You know, classic um, English hymn writer um, in 1719. Um, th- th- it's based on Psalm 98. Okay, okay. it's a messianic psalm. And and so the 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 song is technically, if you really look at it, and the psalm, it's more of a second coming uh, Joy. song than it is a first coming. It can be used either one, but right. but you know, as we talked last week about the advent being coming, this is about coming mm-hmm. of the Lord. And um, so, if you look at the the verses to the song. Uh, they de- they definitely uh, you can hear this this eschatology in the in the lyrics too. So right. okay, so it says, "Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room, and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the wor- to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks and hills and plains repeat the sounding joy. No more let sin and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground." So now we're getting into the whole Romans oh, yeah. 5 type of thing right. where it's like the earth groans for the second coming, right? Yep. So north thorns infest the ground. He comes to make the blessings flow far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, I just think that this is... Um, I think this is just a really cool hymn, period. Oh, yeah. And it's short, um, but powerful at the same time. Um, it's just a, a very, it's a masterpiece. Yes. That's that's the best way I can put it. It's it's beautifully written lyrically and musically. Yeah. So that's, 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 that's actually the last one I've got on my plus column. Man, I got some more. Go for it. All right, but uh, and I'll just you want me to get through the rest of my pluses really fast? Yeah, if you want to. Okay, I'll do that. The first one or the last one from John Mason Neal, Good King Winsellus, and it's <laughs> okay. This is one of them that I knew the hymn when I heard it. Okay, it but is, when but when you said the name, I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> there's all right. So there's a lot of argument about this. Basically, what happened is. Uh, 
this was the tune is originally an Easter hymn or a, a <laughs> hymn of uh, resurrection. spring. Okay? Oh, okay, so it's no, it's actually all about spring. And most of the the hymns that go with it, like spring is now and wrap the flowers. Day is fast reviving. Life and all her growing powers toward the light is striving. Gone the iron touch of cold winter time and frost time. Seedlings working through the mold now make up for lost time. Okay, so that's what that hymn was supposed to be. Well, that's what the the tune was supposed to be about. It's about springtime. Yeah, <laughs> but good old Neil made it about this guy by the name of Good King Winsalis, which is a famous story way back in the day about this guy who was a ruler, who uh, basically um, was walking through his kingdom, basically and saw this poor peasant, and this peasant was lost and cold and decrepit, and and so and he, he was so weak he couldn't make it through the snow because the snow was built up. And so the king said, follow me, and he started walking him home, but what he did was, and he, and he said, follow my steps mm-hmm. and, and step into my, you know, like when you're a kid and you follow your dad yeah, yeah. and you step into his footprints. Uh-huh. Like and so this 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 uh, dust of the rabbi type of thing. Yeah, this peasant followed his footsteps and made it home, uh, because made it through the snow because he was able ah, to step in, okay. his, in the king's footsteps. And it's this whole idea of, um, well, love the least of these, but beyond that, uh, we should be like Jesus mm-hmm. and, and follow him. And so, I mean, the story is great. Um, Sire, this night is darker now. The wind blows stronger. Fails my heart, I know not how, I can go on no longer. Mark my footsteps, good my page, tread thou in them boldly. Thou shalt find the winter's rays, freeze thy blood less coldly. In his master's steps he trod, while the snow lay dented. Heat was in the very sod which the saint had printed. Therefore, Christian men, be sure, wealth and rank possessing, ye who now will bless the poor, shall yourselves find blessing. It's this great old school Song and I, I just like it. Yeah, it's, it's very noble. Yeah, like it has a a nobility to it. Right, like, and I I think it's it's totally. I learned to read some. <laughs> it's totally lost. I think in our modern age, like we don't we don't listen to these kind of hymns anymore. Yeah. I can't it, understand all of it. <laughs> But I think that it's a great story, and yeah. so that's why it's one of my favorites. And it's cool. Uh, so Reliant K, my favorite Christmas album, is by Reliant K. Oh uh, yeah, Let It Snow, Baby, Let It Rain. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they I, did I've actually this. got that. Yeah, they did this. It's really funny the way they do it. They do it this high singing voice. <laughs> Mark my footprints, my good page. It's so <laughs> funny. You gotta listen to it. But anyway, so it's good. All right, Good King. When Salas. Uh Silent Night. Oh, I, that's a good one. Yeah, I by love Bon Jovi. Uh, not by Bon Jovi. Oh, okay. sorry. I love Silent Night, and uh, it's famous. Eighteen eighteen. Uh, Franz uh, Gruber wrote it. German again. Schiele Nacht. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's the original. Um, and he basically just wrote it uh, to be performed on Christmas Eve in eighteen eighteen for his church. Um, but the reason I like it so much is the story of World War One, um, where they were on the Western Front and um, somebody was playing it on one of it was a famous German singer and he was she was she was famous on both sides 
the Western side and, and the or the German side and the Allied forces side. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people knew her. And as they were playing it, the Germans started singing it, and she was singing it in German. So they were singing it in German, and the then the Americans and the French started singing it in American uh, and are in English. And what happened is, is they they have the uh, unofficial Christmas truce of 1914. Yes, that's a cool French, story. Yeah, the French, the British, and the German troops quit fighting and then started coming out of the trenches and fraternized. They hung out together. Yeah. And uh, on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, there was no fighting. And they went back and to there's, the trenches. And there's a movie about that. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. I think it's got... Um, Oh, uh, what's the kid's... N- or I say kid. He was a kid in uh, Dead Poets Society. Ethan Hawke. Oh, yeah? I think was in it. Was he in it? Wow. Yeah. That's cool. So anyways, uh, <laughs> I just love that story. And so that's why every time I sing that, it, it gives me chills. Um, and then uh, Go Tell It on the Mountain, just because it's an old African-American... <laughs> uh, it's a Negro spiritual. And, you know, not a lot of Negro spirituals made yeah, it yeah. In, into my church. And so... Uh, I, the guy who found it found it in 1907. John Wesley Work Jr. was the first guy that found that. Mm-hmm. A black man who yeah. was educated had uh, spoke both Latin, English, and all that, and he went on a basically on a crusade to find and save these African American spirituals. And one of them he found was Go Tell on the Mountain, and it's been sung in my church ever since because of that. And That's so, cool. I love the, just, it's it's not very fancy. There's not much to very it. Very simple. Yeah. It's very simple, but it does tell the story of Jesus. And uh, one of the things that we that we were just noticing or that I kind of noticed whenever we were playing, we, we, we did a song in services, mm-hmm. and uh, I was thinking, man, that tune is like so, like the, <laughs> okay, everybody knows the go tell it on the mountain. Right. And, yeah, but but what about the, the verses I'd not been real familiar with, right? Sure. And so I'm thinking, man, those verses sound like really familiar to me. <laughs> and then it dawned on me what I was thinking of. Creedence Clearwater Revival. Uh-huh. Uh, who stop? Who will stop the rain? It's the same tune, like it's it's almost identical. You can well, and that totally makes sense because I mean that's Southern rock right there. Yeah, so they're harkening back to those African roots, right? Dude. Right. That's so good. Wow. But it's a good good comparison. Okay. Two more. A little town of Bethlehem. I love it because Philip Brooks wrote it, and he's one of my favorite uh, preachers. And he was on a he he got. He got burnt out as a preacher, and so his church sent him to Israel. And on that trip, he was in Bethlehem on Christmas Day. Oh, cool. Um, and that night, he looked out, and he saw it, and he'll never forget how beautiful it was. I mean, it was just perfect. And uh, so the lyrics of O Little Town of Bethlehem are very powerful because the idea is Bethlehem received Christ just and it was just a simple little town, but it was so beautiful whenever it received Christ, and we become so beautiful whenever we receive Christ in us. Cool, that's the whole yeah, idea. Yeah. So he actually wrote that for a children's Christmas pageant <laughs> the next year. This was just a children's play. wow, yeah, and it became one of the most famous songs uh, that we do. My, so. my trip to Bethlehem was not that that inspiring inspiring there was guns going off in the street it was crazy wow you'll have to tell me about that <laughs> yeah we, we wanted to get out of there quickly so. all right <laughs> speaking of guns going off this is my last one okay. um and it's by henry wadsworth longfellow um who you might know wrote uh, paul revere's last ride or paul revere's ride or whatever the ride of 
Midnight Ride of Paul Revere. There okay. it is. Uh, and some old, other famous American poet mm-hmm. and lyricist. And he wrote this song called I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. It's a Christmas carol. And what happened was Longfellow was against uh, the Civil War, although he was strictly an uh, abolitionist. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't approve of the whole idea of, of fighting. He hated the idea of fighting. And so his son, uh, without his permission, joined the Union Army Okay, and then got um, wounded almost mortally. It, it almost took his life, um, but he survived in the Battle of New Hope uh, in New Hope Church in Virginia. And so Longfellow was walking out on Christmas Day. His wife had just been uh, killed in a fire. Um, of 18 years, uh, and his son was almost mortally wounded, and so he was just feeling depressed, right? And he wrote the song, um, or he wrote the lyrics that later became the hymn, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. And the lyrics uh, are pretty powerful. Um, I'll just read them real quick. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to, to men. And thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then from each black, accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound, the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born a peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song. A peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. Dude, that is powerful. I know. I've never listened to those lyrics. It's so amazing. So, um, it wasn't until 1872 that it was put to music uh, mm-hmm. by John Baptiste Culkin. Um, and I just, I love it. It's that just so powerful. And cool. I don't like, I don't like the the music, but I do like um, what's his name for Mercy Me, not Mercy Me. I forget his. I forget the name of the band. But anyways, Cadman's Call. No, there was a modern. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. He was a youth pastor in Dallas. Became a famous musician. Uh, anyways, he and. Uh, oh. Anyways, there's a really good version of it. Just type in. Uh, um, I heard the bells on Christmas Day on YouTube, and you'll yeah. find this really good, just really powerful song of it but anyways those are my favorite cool christmas hymns and well speaking of bells okay before we move into songs that we we dislike i've got one that falls in between for me yeah okay so this is i want to talk about the carol of the bells okay for a minute so the carol of the bells we all know this song kind of bells you hear yes you hear it every year (laughs) manheim steamroller you know or whatever um right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with the synchronous uh, Christmas lights on the house blinking <laughs> yeah, to it. That's great. Uh, there's even August Burns Red for all of you metalheads out really? there. Really? 
Dude, that's the best that. version of that song ever. Wow. So, okay. So anyway, um, and I say the best version ever because there's no words in that version. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so here's my problem with the song. I hate the lyrics to this song. <laughs> They're completely empty. Like they are completely worthless Mary, 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 lyrics. Mary, okay, well, first let me talk about the hymn for a minute, or the song for a minute. The song is not even in Christ, of Christian origin. Okay. The song, uh, Carol of the Bells, was a, um, it was composed by Ukrainian composer Mikolo Leontovich in 1914. Um, the song is based on a Ukrainian folk chant called Shredrik. Shredrik. And uh, that's that's metal right there. <laughs> I know it sounds metal. Shredrick. <laughs> so the song is recognized um, as uh, a song from their um, what do you call it? Their folk, Ukrainian folk. Right. Um, uh, it's a traditional folk chant that it's based on. Um, and so the original folk story that's based on. Uh, it was associated with the coming new year, which in pre-Christian Ukraine was celebrated with the coming of spring in April. Now, this was a pagan thing that they that they did. Um, it originally the title of the song usually it, gener- it translates to "generous one." Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it's it's derived from a Ukrainian word for bountiful. Okay. And it tells the tale of a swallow flying into a household to proclaim the bountiful year that the family will have. Uh, All right. That's so, great. That's anyway, cool. so it's got this really weird background. Uh, but then the song was like, um, <laughs> was, was put to, some lyrics were added by NBC Radio Network Symphony Orchestra <laughs> and centered the theme around bells. Because the melody reminded them of handbells, which began so, which begins the the lyrics. lyrics. Hark how the bells. Okay, so <laughs> if we look at the lyrics to this song, it's hark how the bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say, "Throw cares away, Christmas is here, bringing good cheer <laughs> to young and old, meek and the bold." Ding dong, ding dong. This is her song <laughs> with joyful ring, all caroling. Well, you read it like that. It's so <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Sorry, one seems yes. to hear. One's going- <laughs> no, sorry, that was horrible. The one seems to hear words of oh, good cheer. Man. From everywhere, filling the air. Oh, how they pound, raising the sound, or hit on Dale, telling their tale. What tale? There's no, there's no meat in this song at yeah. all. It's like, it's like as as. <laughs> It reminds me of First Corinthians thirteen, where I become as a tinkling bell or <laughs> clashing cymbal. I've got yeah. no substance to it at all. So this is one of those things where I'm torn, right? Because I love the tune, I love the dramatic right. elements of it. I really dislike the lyrics. Wow. <laughs> so on to songs that we that we uh, are going to tear up. All right, so that you've tear, torn that one up, so I get to okay, tear one go, up. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so <clears throat> it's not so much that I just can't stand it; it's just that I can't stand it. Um, <laughs> the little drummer boy, I can't like, I can't even. Okay, so okay, the song is about this drummer boy who's like 
somehow magically appears at the birth of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And he's I like, mean, he's got nothing to give. Right. But he knows but he, how to pound that drum. Yeah. So he plays a song on the drum. And I don't know if you've ever heard. Okay. So maybe people who like drums by themselves, they'll enjoy this. Yeah. But for me, it's it's kind of. It's, another, it's another one of those songs with the dramatic sound. Yeah. Like Our, it's got this really good. It was done in 1941 by an American classical musical composer and teacher. Um, Catherine Davis. The reason it became famous, by the way, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, you know the Sound of Music, the Trap Family Singers. Yes, um, they were the first ones to record it, and before that, it was in obscurity. And wow, they recorded it, it became extremely popular. Everybody wanted that song. Is 1951 when they recorded it, and Edelweiss. so yes. <laughs> Exactly. Every morning we greet. I love the sound of music, and I love the Trap Family Singers, but I hate this carol. Um, what's really funny is is uh, the origins. If you go back and you trace it, this is uh, they can trace it back to a French story called Our Lady's Juggler about this guy who was a juggler, and he was juggling in front of the Virgin Mary, and the statue, according to the Virgin, uh, according to legend smiled at him. So that's where it comes from. Okay. I guess. I don't know. It's weird. But I just I don't like I don't like the tune. I don't I don't really get the concept of it other than like yay. The oxen lamb kept time. How do an oxen lamb keep time? With their hooves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright, so anyways I'm just the same way the, the the oxen the ass bowed. Yeah. Hey now. That's true. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't like the Little Drummer Boy. I just don't like it. Anyways, there you go. Okay. Well, um, on my list of, of songs that I don't like, first off, I'm going to put, I'm going to categorize some of these songs. Okay. Okay, so there are songs that are just kind of Christmassy cheer songs that really have no theological meat in them at all. Right. Okay. Um, jingle Bells. Um, Batman Smells, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What is an, uh, that was my favorite when I was a kid. Santa Claus songs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all this. Santa Santa's baby. <laughs> Santa's coming, coming to town. Uh, all these songs. Okay, I'm not even going to talk about those mm -hmm. because they're all kind of wackadoo for me. I, I, I mean, I, I, do like, I do like some of the wintry, like Winter Wonderland or... Uh, how about how about the stalker song? Oh, what is that? Baby, it's cold Baby, outside. Baby, it's cold outside. Baby, it's cold outside. Say what's in this drink? <laughs> I don't know. It's a, a roofie. That's a creepy song. When you listen to it, it's dude, like, it's so creepy. Oh man, yeah. And, and, and especially if it's performed by you know, like I, I've seen it like an older guy and a younger yeah. girl, and it's like. Oh, this is not right. So, okay. So I'm just going to skip a lot of those. Um, Baby, it's cool. I mean, I do like songs that are like Silver Bells, Winter Wonderland. They're okay. But they don't have anything to do with Bing with singing Silver Bells. Oh. Who? Bing. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Those silver-throated guys, man. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, a lot of these songs were made popular by those. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so. Crooners, I, they got the chops. Uh, there is some wacky songs that I guess I could have done along this line, like Oh, Christmas Tree. Whatever. <laughs> but because my list can only be so long, I, I'm going to start with, uh, man, which one should I start with? I'm going to start with We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Because it's got that weird figgy pudding thing going on in it. And it, every year you hear somebody say, what in the world's figgy pudding anyway? And I didn't look it up to find out because I don't care. <laughs> 
<laughs> the thing that I find interesting about this I'm song. I'm looking it up right now while you talk. Okay, go okay, ahead. Okay, let me see if I can find the lyrics to it. Okay, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Okay, that's really the basis of it. Good tidings we bring to you and your kin. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Now, bring us some figgy pudding and a cup of good cheer. <laughs> we won't go until we get some, so bring it right here. This song, it seems to be more about what you're getting out of the deal than what you're giving out of the deal. Yeah. So it's really weird. Well, um, okay, so this was during the wassailing tradition. <laughs> you remember <laughs> this? Yeah. <laughs> well, do I remember it? I don't, I don't no, know if I was okay, around for no, the wassailing. last year thing. I sent you an article. Oh, about wassailing. Yeah, about these guys where caroling came from. Like, we went out caroling. Our right. church yes, went out yes, caroling, yes, yes, remember? Yes. And then I sent you an article about the fact that basically it was rebel rousers who went out caroling right, right. to get their To get food. food Bring us the figgy pudding. Food and alcohol was so, their goal. So we wished you a Merry Christmas. Trick-or-treating, basically. <laughs> right. But for adults. We won't go until we get some. In fact, I remember we did that. We, we right. remember at every stop we were like, we won't go until we get some. <laughs> so bring some right now. Right here. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not even going to get off the wagon to come over wow. there. Uh, oh, so while we're on this topic, mm-hmm. okay, it's really all I had to say about that song. <laughs> Sorry. So um, on the uh, what was that song that you were talking about before we went on the air? Oh, my gosh. And I lost <laughs> it. Okay, <laughs> you got to pull that up. I'll pull it up while you're okay, so it's the going same to the thing. next Okay, thing. I'll go to my next one because right. i got a lot of these. Um, okay, I'm going to beat up on the, the We Three Kings song. Um, and I, and I, like I said, these three Kings, they show up in almost every Christmas carol. So if I'm going to beat up on this one, the reason why I chose this one is because it's so insane in its misunderstanding of scripture. Oh yeah. Like, like I can be, I can at least understand why you think the wise men, wise men, not Kings, but I can at least understand why you would think the Magi were actually at Jesus's birth because it is a little ambiguous in the way it reads. Right. But if you put two and two together, you find out that really this is after Jesus's birth, whenever the wise men slash magi show up, probably even as long as two years later, based on how old the children had to be that Nebuchadnezzar, I mean, uh, not Nebuchadnezzar, (laughs) Herod had killed uh, they had to be two and, and under, just to be sure. So it was probably, you know, a good couple of years before this Magi even showed up, but they're in all our nativity scenes, so I get that. Okay, but this song, the very first line and the title of it, We Three Kings of Orient Are, Bearing Gifts We Traverse Afar, Field and Fountain, Moor and Mountain, I don't know of any moors in the Middle East, maybe, I don't know. Following yonder star. Oh. Okay, now these guys were from Persia. <laughs> they weren't from the... The Orient. Well, uh, the Orient, I'm not sure. The Orient could mean a lot of things depending on what time frame you were writing this, it's I guess. It's Persia. Uh, they used to think it was the Orient, though, didn't they? I Well, they definitely have been portrayed that way. So right. uh, this song was written in 1857, so I don't know what they were calling the Orient back then. But uh, they're... There wasn't three of them. The Bible never says there was three of them. We just say that because of the gifts. There was three gifts. Yeah. Uh, they weren't kings. They were king makers. Right. Uh, so anyway, 
long story short, this song this song is just so messed up in its understanding of this that I had to bring it up. Sure. Even though the other ones make small mentions to the thing, this one just totally messes it up. Um, but anyway, that's <laughs> okay. I will give it some. Here's the redeeming quality: they spend time in each verse talking about the three gifts, and that is kind of cool. Because a lot of people don't examine what frankincense, myrrh, and gold were all about. So there are symbols right. of Christ's personality and what and the role what he came to do. He was going to play. Right. Uh, so frankincense being, uh, you know, the incense that the prophets mm-hmm. would use. Right. So he's prophet, and then you have this whole myrrh is the bitter perfume that is. Um, that is often used in burial. Right. So you have this symbol of his death, and then you have the gold, which was only a gift you would bring to kings. Yeah. So he's king. So you got all this going on, and I do think that's kind of cool. Right. But please, we three kings of Orient? No. <laughs> I mean, there's worse ones, though, like the Gloucestershire Yes, fossil. okay, so let's hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely <laughs> Wassail, wassail, all over town. Our toasted is white and our ale it is brown. Our bullet is made of the white maple tree. With a wassailing bowl we'll drink to thee. Here's to our horse and to his right ear. God sent our master a happy new year. A happy new year is ere he did see. With my wassailing bowl I'll drink to thee. So here is to cherry and to his right cheek. Pray God send our master a good piece of beef. And a good piece of beef that we may all see. With a wassailing bowl we'll drink to thee. And here's to a broad Mary and her broad horn. May God send our master a good crop of corn and a good crop of corn that <laughs> may we all see with our wassailing bowl we'll drink to thee. My favorite is, be here any maids? I suppose here be some. Sure they will not be young. Uh, sure they will not let young men stand out on cold stone. Sing hey, O oh maids. Come troll the, back the pin, and the fairest maid in the house will let us all in. Then here's to the maid in the lily white smock who tripped the door and slipped back the lock, who tripped to the door and pulled back the pin for to let these jolly wassailers in. Wow. Wassail, I read the wassail. Bible quite a bit. Them stories you and Mama told me, they ain't in there. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Oh, my goodness. So, anyways, that's from the wonderful days of 16th century England when they went a-wassling. And asked for piggy pudding. Figgy pudding. (laughs) You see, and people think that things are getting worse all the time. Right. Just look back in history. (laughs) There's there's been some messed up things (laughs) going on. The next time your church goes caroling, you ought to look up where caroling came from. (laughs) Just saying. It's very interesting. Okay, anyways, you got another one for me? Uh, Sure. Uh, I want to talk about the 12 days of Christmas. All right. Okay, so the the 12 days of Christmas, and I will be perfectly honest, my problem with the 12 days of Christmas is really just that it's long. Oh, yeah. And, and it's got way too many verses, right? I mean, that's my thing. Because whenever people say, hey, let's sing Christmas carols, and someone brings up the 12 days of Christmas, you're always like eye-rolling. Like, <laughs> really, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, five gold. gold. And then there's always that Everybody guy gets that who one. wants to draw yeah. that part out. But okay, so but this right. Four, <laughs> five, five gold, 
Golden Rings. <laughs> so, um, but aside from that, it's annoying to me that I don't understand it. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I think that's a complex of yours, though. Well, before, <laughs> that's, that's probably true. This song sounds like it was written by a drunk also. Because it's like, what... <laughs> On the okay, now the twelve days of Christmas, we get what that is historically. We know that that is the twelve days leading up to twelfth night, which the is the Epiphany, which is on January fifth. Okay, so we we'll understand that that's kind of the origin. But then you've got on each day of Christmas, my true love gave to me, and then you can do this counting thing. Um, now, before everyone starts going, oh, but you don't know the origin of that song. Well, it's a Christian background. Uh, there is this folklore that the song is uh, was written as a way of uh, doing litany uh, in order to to remember, like certain catechisms or whatever. Yeah. Like um, it, uh, one of the stories that gets passed around is that when the Catholics were actually being persecuted by Anglicans, the Catholics could not have their Bible. And so in order to teach their children, because the Catholics had their Bible to begin with, by right. the way, <laughs> right. well, they had to do a Rames at this point, okay. but, but because they didn't have, uh, they used this song to supposedly uh, to keep them like knowing the the tenets yeah. of their religion, and so you, the the my true love is God. Right. Uh, you've got the two turtle doves being the Old and New Testament, three French hens standing for faith, hope, and love. Four calling birds are the four gospels. The five golden rings are the five books of the Old Testament. The six geese are laying are the six days of creation. And you can just go through this whole thing uh, till you get down to the 12 uh, drummers drumming, symbolizing the 12 points of the belief of the Apostles' Creed. Now, <coughs> I, because I'm just a skeptic, <laughs> I, I looked this up. To see if that was true, if this was if this song was really written for that purpose, and there's no documentation of right, this. Yeah, like the first mention of this song ever being used for these tenets is 1990. Right. Like that's the first time anyone can find anything written about it in this term. And uh, Snopes, I love Snopes. They disprove all these right. <laughs> myths and urban legends and stuff, but. If on the Snopes article, the guy makes a really good point. He's like, in word association things where you're trying to remember tenets and et cetera, et cetera, the item in the it has purpose. So, for example, if two turtle doves represents the Old New Testament, why dove? Why turtle doves? What do the turtle doves have to do with the Old New right. Testament? Or French hens? Why is it? Why are they French hens? That should have significance to. Faith, hope, and love. Right. Why not? Why is it the the three French hens a representation of the Trinity? I mean, you could pick any or prophet, sure. priest, and king, or any three ism in the right. scriptures. And French hens means nothing. So why would that help you remember anything? Yeah. It's just it's just a number thing. So I guess I'm I'm on my soapbox, but <laughs> but the point is, this is a weird song. Oh yeah, it's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> And so I just I don't like it. It's long and weird, right? <laughs> and it doesn't have a pretty melody either. <laughs> I will say, Reliant K's version of this song 
is rocking. It's awesome. What's a partridge? What's a pear tree? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, so please don't ask me. <laughs> right, right. So anyway. That's the greatest album, dude. I love that album. <laughs> Anyways, plug for Reliant K. Hey, Reliant K, if you're listening, we yeah. really want to interview you. Oh, so. that would be awesome. Yeah. Matt Teeson, hey, you're on anytime. Look us up, man. What's a partridge and pear tree? Okay, so here's my all-time worst Christmas song ever, period. All, all time. All time. Uh, 100%. I think this is the worst Christmas song ever. Even over the Gloucestershire wassailing song. Yes. Okay. It's this song that came out, and I was wrong. It wasn't Carlisle, although it sounds a lot like Bob Carlisle to me. <laughs> because of his whole butterfly kisses, it's midnight prayer. Okay, I'll say one day you'll sing that song to Blakely and you'll just be in tears, man. Yeah, I'm never going to sing that song to Blakely. (laughs) Here's my deal. And I guess it just comes with my my just bah humbugness. But I cannot stand songs that just overly, their goal is to rip your heart out, get you emotional. That's the whole focus of this goal of, of this song. It's called The Christmas Shoes. And I'm not the only one. If you do a quick search <laughs> in the internet, worst Christmas songs ever, the number one with a bullet across the board. But this isn't a traditional carol. Is this, this is, song? This is a newer the Christmas song. Right? Yes. And again, I told you my my worst songs at around are this time ones. are modern ones. Whenever okay, so I'll be listening to. Do they know it's Christmas time? <laughs> okay, so if you haven't heard this song. It's been a couple weeks at number one on adult contemporary charts. Of course it did. In 2002. <laughs> it became a made-for-TV movie that was played on <laughs> Lifetime, <laughs> of course. Because, oh, it was either that or Hallmark. Oh, channel. man. Who, who <clears throat> wouldn't take this story? <laughs> the story centers around a man who's standing in line at the Christmas store or wherever. I don't know. At some store. And there's this little boy, and he looks impoverished in front of him little boy has these shoes and he doesn't have enough money and he turns to the guy behind him he's like sir i want to buy these shoes for my mom who's dying of cancer oh man pull out the tears right there right (laughs) it's christmas eve and these shoes are just her size it's like why shoes first off like what's the point of that ridiculous okay anyways (laughs) Besides that, I mean, it's just so overly emotional. Like, it's cheese upon right cheese, and it just disgusts me. Ugh. Anyways, there's nothing <laughs> really Christian about it at all, but it is. it was on, like, the top of the Christian charts forever. And so, anyways, it's New Song. New Song is where the punks that play this stupid thing. <laughs> wow. The narrator ends up paying for the shoes to the boy's delight. That's great. I'm reading the wiki page for this. Yeah, yeah. It's just... (laughs) Anyways, I can't stand that song if you can't tell by now. So there, that's my number one with a bullet of all Okay, here's my my number one disliked song. Okay. And it really is just... (sighs) The song was written... This is a carol, okay? This is a carol that dates back to, uh, in England... To the 17th century. And this is part of my frustration. How did this song survive? <laughs> you think somebody should have killed it? Yes. I mean, it's like, 
It's, right. Okay, the song is called I Saw Three Ships. I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas yes. Day in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, need I say more? I mean, it's like, that's the lyrics. I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day in the morning. I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day in the morning. Whither sailed those ships all three on Christmas Day in the morning? Whither sailed these ships all three on Christmas Day in the morning? Oh, they sailed into Bethlehem on Christmas Day in the morning. They sailed into Bethlehem. It's like... Bethlehem's landlocked. Yes. What's the matter with the you? The nearest body of water to Bethlehem <laughs> is 20 miles south. And that's the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea. No, no one's sailing on, the, on dead the Dead Sea. It's dead for a reason. And it says, all the bells on earth shall ring on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. All the bells on earth shall ring. And anyway, it's just over and over. Yeah, yeah. It, and for one, the, the tune is very simple, very, um, what do you call those, uh, nursery rhyme-ish. Oh, yeah. It's very nursery rhyme-ish. <laughs> and, it, and, it's, and it just makes no sense whatsoever why uh, whoever wrote these lyrics <clears throat> had no geography <laughs> understanding about this area so it's like why trust him on the, any of the rest <laughs> like, so anyway that's that was my final <laughs> final one now i'm sorry if i saw three ships as your favorite christmas <laughs> if it is i can't imagine you listening to this show <laughs> Oh man! Oh, you are not talk that way. <laughs> okay, so do you have some news for us, yeah, man? Let's do this. And now the news. Before I get to these, I have to pull up this article and talk about it. It's it's on relevant. Okay, the twelve most <laughs> insane Christmas presents we found online for your white elephant. Gift oh wow! This Num- could be crazy. Number one is a four thousand calorie gummy worm. I think I may have seen that. One gigantic gummy worm. Yeah, it's like... It's 4,000 calories. That's awesome. I, uh, Hastings used to carry that. Like it was a big, like three pounds gummy worm. Yeah. Ridiculous. Well, I know. I want one so bad now. Okay, next up is the Apple Watch, but it's in quotations. What it really is, is an iPhone 5 wristband. <laughs> 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 Wow. So it's a wristband you put on it. You put your yeah, you put your phone on, on it. it. Yeah. And so it's, a, it's 30 bucks. Wow. <laughs> I got you an iPhone watch. <laughs> a head spa, uh, a head spa head massager. And it's just this, it looks the like. The wire thing? No, it's, uh, it's, it's wireless. It looks like Professor X's uh, uh, Cerebro. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's wireless. <clears throat> it's 60 bucks. Jogging with Jesus by C.S. Lovett. It's a book that you can buy called Jogging with C. Jesus. C.S. Lovett? Uh-huh. Wow. It shows us how to enjoy the benefits of jogging and the same time developing a glorious, glorious relationship with the Lord. Jogging with Jesus. You ought to see this book. It's great. <laughs> Some subtle religious art. It's a, it's a picture of... Uh, the uh, it says separation. Of, it's called separation of church. It's twenty nine dollars. It's a picture of the inner chamber of the Congress, and Jesus is standing beside 
these people and everybody's pointing and pointing <laughs> their fingers and yelling at him, like, <laughs> angry at him, like kicking him out. Basically, it's hilarious. Uh, oh my gosh, a sassy big dog shirt it says, "I'd like to help you, but I just can't fix stupid." <laughs> This is the best. Hander pants. Underpants for your hands. Literally, it looks like underpants. But spats or whatever. They're they're gloves, but they're fingerless gloves. Uh-huh. And then they have on the on the wrists a it, fly. It, yeah, and it yeah, it has a fly and it looks like, you know, your underpants. Yeah. Wrist, yeah. That's hilarious. Modesty awesome. for your hands, ten ninety five. Sleeping bag with the legs. That one's great. I saw that at uh, Academy Sports. I was like, people walking around in their sleeping bags. Yes, that's what it is. It's made to walk around in. Yeah, it's like you tie it around your waist. (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) It's great. Melanie was like, oh, I want one of those. Of course. She's always cold. (laughs) It's hilarious. Okay, all right, on to the actual news. Ohio Governor John Kashuk just vetoed the anti-abortion heartbeat bill amendment. I, I don't know if you heard about the heartbeat bill amendment. Um the heartbeat amendment would have made it illegal to perform an abortion if a, 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 a abortion yeah abortion if a fetal heartbeat could be detected this is typically about 6 week mark in the pregnancy and that got shot down yeah Obviously. the governor vetoed it it passed and the governor vetoed it however he did sign a bill that makes abortions after 20 weeks illegal in the state so i mean it's a step but it's not as far as they wanted to go. So it's pretty good um, and pretty bad. Uh, Let's see. Um, Oklahoma law to require pro-life protesters uh, in public restrooms to achieve abortion-free society. Um, Basically, the new law passed in Oklahoma will require restaurants, all public schools, and healthcare centers to post signs in their restrooms encouraging pro-life alternatives to anyone with an unwanted pregnancy. The sign will read, there are many public and private agencies willing to be able uh, to help you carry your child to term and assist you and your child after your child is born, whether you choose to keep your child or place him or her for adoption. The state of Oklahoma strongly urges you to contact them if you are pregnant. According to lawmakers, this new regulation is for the purpose of achieving an abortion-free society. The Associated Press reports that this purpose will not be supported by the government with any designated budget forcing schools and businesses to pay out-of-pocket for the new signs. The project will cost an estimated $2.3 million at the expense of business owners, which is drawing some criticism. So Interesting. But I think it's pretty cool <clears throat> that they're, you know, they're trying to combat um abortion yeah in a in a in a better way than just you know because there's families all over the place that that are looking to adopt definitely and you know it's it's just a better option so i think it's i think it's a good thing good job oklahoma proud of you even though my uh uh my other side would say uh you can't force businesses to do that kind of stuff but whatever yeah anyways um Compassion International says that they could be forced out of India within weeks. 
Last week, representatives from Compassion International went before the House Foreign Affairs Committee and talked to them about their obstacles with serving children in India, mainly that the Indian government's regulations would result in the organization being driven out of the country because of lack of access to funds. As Christianity Today notes, their attorneys told government officials, what we're experiencing is an unprecedented, highly coordinated, deliberate, and systematic attack uh, in intended to drive us out. Compassion, a notable United States-based Christian charity, has been in India for more than 40 years and serves more than 145,000 Indian children by feeding, tutoring, and providing medical care to those in the most need. They have the largest base in India and give out about uh, 50 million worth of aid Um, each year, but the Indian officials say Compassion and other organizations like it are using humanitarianism to cover for their evangelism. Um, And, of course, that's a big deal right now. India is really fighting this evangelism stuff. So, um, man, I pray that Compassion International doesn't get pulled out of there because they really do. They're the biggest, one of the biggest uh, supporters of child care mm-hmm. across the world and India definitely needs it. So, wow, it's crazy. Anyway. Yeah. And that's not a, that's not an easy place to work. So yeah, it's not sad. All right. Last but not least, a massive church collapsed in Nigeria, killing 160 worshipers. At least 160 died when a newly built church building collapsed in the middle of a service this weekend. Scores had gathered at Rainer's Bible Church International for an ordination ceremony for one of the church's founders, who was being named bishop. According to the reports, the metal structure that held up the roof began to collapse during the service, leaving many unable to escape. The government has told reporters that they will investigate to see if the building codes and construction standards were upheld. Obviously, they were not. Mm. Uh, It's the first time a building collapse has killed dozens of churchgoers in the country. I'm sorry, it's not the first time. In 2014, 116 were killed in a synagogue church. So, you know, we're so blessed to be able to go into our church building and not worry about it just collapsing on us. Of course, it is 150 years old. Which is crazy. (laughs) Wow. Nuts. So pray for those people in Nigeria. Pray for the families of our brothers and sisters there that they, uh, you know, have some peace during that time. So during this time. So that's all I got, man. Ooh, some voicemail. Actually, it's just email. Ooh, some email. 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 Okay, so um, on our Advent uh, discussion last mm-hmm. go around, mm-hmm. uh, we got a couple. Actually, um, John Wilkerson um, from the Homeschool podcast did a. Uh, he tweeted and said, Hey, if I knew that the Theonauts were going to do Advent, I'd have put my two cents in beforehand. <laughs> I was like, we still want you two cents now. Right. <laughs> so I haven't heard back from him yet. So uh, maybe we'll get some good feedback on on that. John um, Wilkerson? Yeah. Um, I don't know him. He is, we, we kind of know him through the through our GCT network stuff. Oh, okay, cool. So uh, yeah, he was a long-time listener with uh, Michael and Brendan over there. So uh, we've adopted him. Cool. <laughs> So, um, but Michelle Chadwick sent us a, um, oh, a an email, Michelle, uh, giving us some clarification, I guess, on uh, the liturgy of Advent and etc. 
cool. <laughs> okay, she says, Hi, David and Jeremiah. I love the Advent program for obvious reasons. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to share my thoughts with you on liturgical churches. As you know, I grew up Methodist, sort of liturgy light, and spent some time in the Episcopal Church before becoming a Catholic at the age of 34, so I've spent most of my Christian life in liturgical churches. In the show, David was talking about liturgical seasons, such as Lent and Advent, as something Catholics quote-unquote have to do to be right with God. To me, all the seasons of the church calendar are something I get to do instead of something I have to do. I find joy in the church seasons, just as I find joy in the earth's seasons. And much of it has to do with the beautiful readings that come with each season. Also, on any given Sunday, the same readings are read in every Catholic church. So even if you are on vacation and go to church, you will hear the same readings as your friends back home. So it's always easy to talk about what you learned in church that week. One common complaint against Catholics is that they don't read the Bible. Thankfully, in my experience, that is changing. But if you go to Mass every Sunday, you will get an Old Testament reading, a New Testament reading, a psalm, a gospel reading, along with the short sermon, or a homily, and all of the prayers and responses, almost all of which are based on Scripture, too. If you pay attention, you'll get a lot out of it. To me, liturgy is only dead if your heart is dead. The challenge for some people, of course, is to emphasize the personal relationship with God in the midst of these practices, but it has never been a problem for me. One of my favorite liturgical books is the Book of Common Prayer from the Episcopal Church, which my daughter and son-in-law belong to. It is full of beautiful prayers and readings. Also, here's a link to the Advent readings from yesterday. And she includes a link here. Finally, if you want something fun and different this Christmas, I recommend listening to Queen Elizabeth's Christmas message. As the head of the Church of England, the British parent of the Episcopal Church, she always gives a lovely message. You can probably find last year's online, too. Anyway, thank you for a great program. I'm always encouraged when I listen to you. I learned so much from my aunts who were Baptist and Church of Christ, and it is fun for me whenever we can share anything that builds up our faith. Feel free to edit this long letter if you decide to read it on the air. <laughs> Which I didn't, by the way. Got that completely uncut and... Uh, In the raw. Yeah. Happy Advent, Michelle. So awesome. thanks for the feedback, uh, Michelle. <clears throat> I mean, um, it's good to hear the... Uh, the rest of the story, the a, other side. Like yeah. a Catholic take on this? Sure. I still really struggle. <laughs> I really struggle with some of this. But I, I, I understand it better than... Because I used to cast my own understandings onto it. Right. Like, this is what you believe. Yeah. And that's never a good thing. When you look across the fence and you go, oh, those people over there, they believe this, this, and this. That's, you know, suppositious. Well, you're going at it the wrong way. And... Honestly, you who are you to say what they believe? Yeah. So and, and so the the you know it's really hard whenever you've grown up with one mindset of thinking that that is, and your mind is totally blown whenever you hear mm-hmm. another side. You know, so it's a it's a really good thing to to listen to. And thank you, Michelle, for putting in your your comments because they do help understand help us understand. You know. Yep. It's a great thing. All right, so that's the feedback I got this week. Uh, you ready to get out of here? Yeah, we let's do it, man. Run a little long now. 
The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go in all the world and to proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, go to gctnetwork.com. Subscribe to the newsletter and stay up to date with all of our shows, including Finding Christ in Cinema. Visit our website at theonautspodcast.com for show notes and outlines. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. And be sure to rate us because that helps us to reach a larger audience. There are several ways you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us an email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com or call us on our voicemail line at 972-885-7270. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theonauts. If you like us and want more Theonauts, drop us a buck or two at patreon.com slash theonauts. Your patronage helps us in expenses like hosting fees and equipment costs. Don't forget uh, (laughs) Oh, we almost got through that one I know (laughs) I'm so upset Don't forget to tune in again And explore the vast reaches of God's word with us Alright, Jeremiah, thanks for being here Thank you, David Alright, God bless This has been the Theonauts Podcast Call us with your questions or comments At 972-885-7270 That's 885 7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your great commission. This is your great commission transmission. At GCTNetwork.com.